It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. Yeah, I'm so, I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh my mama. Oh my mama made it, ma. Anything's possible. Rainy days. Jump shot fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day. I get excited about it every night about it. A real C's fan wouldn't want to live their life without it. Banner 18 in the making, we gotta make it. Best squad in the East and still we can't get complacent. Most winning franchise, so the history's ancient. You could tell the mother guys are going plan a vacation. Yeah, Corrales Packard and J. King locked on trying to get the 18th ring. The most in-depth coverage that you ever gonna hear. Well respected in a city like Russell's career. It's raining Jays. Welcome back. This is the Locked On Celtics Podcast, and oh boy, do we got some stuff to talk about today. It's all about the trade rumors, it's all about Anthony Davis, it's all about Kyrie Irving, and these rumblings of him going to reunite with LeBron. What? We're the Rain and Jays, and we're going to talk about this stuff. I am John Corrales. I cover the Celtics for Mass Live. With me is Jay King, he is from The Athletic, where he covers the Celtics. So why don't we start with the newest stuff, Jay? Rick Buecher in, uh, in Bleacher Report, in a piece about the Anthony Davis saga and the Knicks and everything, uh, he drops in the middle of the piece, oh, by the way, a source close to the Celtics says that Kyrie's interest in reuniting with LeBron James is, quote, that's for real. So, Jay King, I ask you the direct question, is that for real? <laughs> I have not gotten the sense from the Celtics that they're concerned about that. <laughs> I, I, I I believe, if, I mean, from the start, I will say this, from the start, the Celtics were aware that Kyrie's proclamation and Kyrie's verbal commitment was not binding. Everybody knew that. Sure. You know, it was a year before he could actually sign. When I forget which team owner it was, but one of the team owners spoke at the Shamrock Foundation, and he's like, "Yeah, we were very excited. Kyrie plans to consider us a year from now, or whatever word he chose." But it was clear from the wording that he knew. Nothing's binding. Anything could change. Kyrie could wake up in July and things could be different. Sure. However, there still seems to be confidence from the Celtics that Kyrie Irving likes what they're building. He said a few times, even recently, you know, that, about how he plans to work with these guys for years. He's made some comments, even pretty recently, within the last month, I think, that have implied that he still sees himself with a long-term future in Boston. Now, did he talk to LeBron? Yes, we know that. He apologized to him. He said all those things. But with, 
within the same conversation that he had with the media about that, he also said that, you know, all the leadership stuff, which is something he didn't have with LeBron, is something that he wanted and something that he's embraced and that he's made some mistakes with it. But that's that those are the pressures that that he sought out when he left LeBron's shadow. And so I would be stunned if he goes and plays with LeBron again, even though they've obviously had this public reconciliation. Yeah, I'm in complete agreement. I, I think this is all pretty transparent to me anyway, that uh, right as Anthony Davis was preparing or Anthony Davis's agent was preparing to come out with this declaration that we're not coming back and we request the trade that all of a sudden LeBron starts singing to Kyrie on Instagram that all of a sudden there were no rumblings, by the way, no rumblings of anything uh, about Kyrie's desire to go anywhere before that. Ooh, I called LeBron to say, I'm sorry. And even then there were no reporters, not a single one of these reporters who has suggested it, not a single one stepped up at that moment and said, oh, yeah, yeah, this is this is something that they should be afraid of. Now, all of a sudden, there are these reports that reporters who have very close LeBron sources are now coming out and saying Kyrie. And it just feels extraordinarily obvious that this is a clutch sports, Rich Paul, orchestrated blitz to make to, to stir this up and kind of see where things fall. And it's important to note that a source close to the Celtics, as reported by Rick Buecher, could also be Rich Paul because he is Markeith Morris's agent. And a player's agent is a source close to the Celtics. So Rich Paul could have told him, oh, yeah, this Kyrie thing is for real. And he could have just decided to spin it this way for whatever reason. So I don't put any stock, any stock. And and look, Jay, let me ask you this. Let me ask you you this way. We're both now covering the team. We're both uh, we both know what it's like to chase scoops i've been you know working in in tv for a long time we know what a good headline is if you had a source that told you yeah Kyrie really is interested in going to to play with lebron again like that's for real if you had a good source that told you that would that not be your headline would that not be like the big story that you put on the athletic you went to your editor and said hey i have this scoop i think it was in the headline I, I'm not here to speculate about his sources or anything like that. Um, but Jay, I, I'd, honestly, I'd rather stay away from that conversation. All right. Well, I'm not going to stay away from it. I'm just saying, and I don't, I don't know what his sources are. I'm just saying that if it was me and I had that scoop, that would be one hell of a headline. LeBron and Kyrie possibly reuniting is the only headline that would knock Anthony Davis wanting a trade rumor off the front page, or at least join it on the front page. And I think any reporter or any outlet that had that scoop would push that hard and it's not being pushed hard. So I'm, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not saying he's lying. I'm just saying that if that was really real, if that was really like as real as it may be portrayed, 
that that would be a, a huge story on its own, not tossed in the middle of some story about the Knicks. So I'm that's my and I'm just saying that's my thought process as saying why I don't buy that story. I I need to interrupt this for just a second. Anthony Davis has arrived at the Pelicans Rockets game. <laughs> and there is video of him walking in, and it's just hilarious that he's requested this trade and is still going to games and everything. Is he going to play? Like, can you play him at this point? Gentry suggested the other day that he might still play. <laughs> um, I, I don't see it happening. It, it benefits no one to have him play, even if the, the Pelicans do keep Davis through the deadline. It benefits no one to have him play. They're not going to make the playoffs. Right. He wants to be healthy for whatever team he plays for next. They should want to lose as many games as possible to boost their draft pick as much as possible, knowing that Anthony Davis, they have no more chance of keeping him around. That's done. It's over. So they'd be really, really stupid to do anything, even if they keep him through the deadline. They'd be really, really stupid to do anything beyond send him away from the team and lose as many games as possible, maybe deal some of their other veterans. Although the the one thing is, and I wonder about this because New Orleans has a a very weak fan base. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have any star power on that team, the crowds there could get just abominable. So I I do wonder how, how the pressures of, of, of having that weak NBA market could impact what they're looking for in a trade, whether that means they want more established talent right now, whether that means they, they would like a splasher name in a trade. I don't know. I have no idea, but I am curious to see whether those types of things have an impact in what the Pelicans will actually want in this deal. Because as we all know, teams teams want like different things. The Spurs, everyone thought they'd want young players and kind of start to rebuild. Well, they went out and got DeMar DeRozan, an established all-star. So it and look, the Celtics, they'll be involved anyway. They have established all-stars. They They have young guys. They have picks. They have kind of whatever you'd want. But but I am interested to see what what they'll want. Let's take a break and decide on what they might want, or at least decide what their best course of action is. We'll do that on the other side of this break here on the Locked On Celtics podcast. playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama every monday jackson gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the nba playoffs mark your calendars to listen to locked on nba every monday to be up to date locked on nba available on youtube and wherever you get podcasts part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
Pelicans are sitting on a gold mine, and now the question is, what do they do? Because what they do impacts the Boston Celtics and what the Celtics do significantly. And now we wait for their move. Jay, I think their first move, aside from just shutting Anthony Davis down, which we both agree is absolutely like you can't have, he's, he already has gotten hurt enough. It's not like he's um, like LeBron has been largely injury free. It's not like he's got that type the type of history minus this groin injury. It's not like he's got that type of history. He's got a history of having something happen to him from time to time. So absolutely, I think shut him down. My first move for the Pelicans, I think, is just sell. Sell, 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 sell Drew Holiday, sell Miritich, sell Randall, sell Etwan Moore, whatever you can get. See what's out there, and your next nine days is open season. Pick the team apart. Go ahead, Sam Hinkie style, break it on down. Acquire as many assets as possible. Sign whatever. And I know we just went into the break with you saying this fan base could just completely desert them, and they might over the next the rest of the season, but I think that's probably going to happen anyway, all things considered. Got to do what's right. You got to do what's right and acquire as many assets as possible. Because if you can sell those pieces off to teams, there are a lot of buyers out there. Go ahead and sell those pieces off. Get whatever young players you think you can get that you might want to take a look at. You want to take back a bad contract and expiring or, con- or two year, whatever. It, it doesn't matter. You can take back a bad contract for that's got a year or two left because that the next year or two doesn't matter. Then you at the draft lottery, once that's all settled, you can sit there and say, okay, now we've got all of whatever draft picks we've acquired. These few young pieces, maybe a, an expiring contract or two, and then you can say, now, does Boston have what we want after the draft lottery? Does the Do the Lakers have what we want? What if the Knicks have Zion and, and Porzingis? Maybe that's something interesting. I just don't think that doing it any differently, that acquiring whatever the Lakers throw at them makes any sense. Because that Lakers deal is going to be there now. It's going to be there in June. It's going to be there in August. Yeah, and and that's I think that's sim- certainly a, a fair way to look at things. I also think, from an organization standpoint, that sometimes it's not as easy as just punting away the next three months and kicking this decision six months down the road and telling the superstar player who you could get legitimate assets for right now, exciting young players for right now, that you just tell him to go home and then revisit talks months down the road. And that's why I think the Celtics, for all the optimism and the sense league-wide that their package is probably the best or certainly competitive with anyone else's. I think they should be very worried by the timing of this trade request. And it seems very clear to me that Davis and Davis's people 
based on the time of the trade request are certainly not pushing him to Boston and <laughs> probably trying to push him to LA and, and will that matter in the end? New Orleans still has to make whatever decisions best for them. But I, I, I do think that, you know, with the Celtics out there and with the Celtics currently sidelined, other teams will have pressure right now to load up all their best offers and try to get that done before the Celtics get involved. And for the Lakers, that probably means loading up all the young guys. And, and that's a, that's a bulky offer. Like Kuzma, Ball, Ingram, those guys could all be really good. And I know, I know they've shown flaws. I know with LeBron out that that team has struggled, but those guys all have high ceilings and those guys can all do some things. And from the Pelicans perspective, you know, the, having those three guys would be exciting for the next several months, whatever it is. Now, I, I don't know what the Pelicans will ultimately decide. I don't know what they'll ultimately value. Um, but there will be offers at this trade deadline, obviously, that will be very much worth considering, at least even if you think the Celtics can build the best offer months from now. There will be very, very good offers at this deadline. There'll be, go- there'll be good offers, I'm sure. Um, it, it really obviously depends on what, like you said, the Pelicans value. I, I just don't know that they can. I mean, there's the, the pressure to put butts in the seats for the next three months. If they let the next three months dictate this move with one of the most talented people to ever be traded in NBA history that that's they deserve what they get is is basically they deserve if if your franchise is so impatient that they can't at least wait to see what draft picks come through and then try to negotiate pit these teams against each other and see if you can get even more assets down the line i i just don't see that why that franchise just just disband the franchise just like i said before just just move the team to seattle get new people give seattle their team back and and just let them do it just get just forget it it just doesn't make any sense but i can see it i can can totally see it and we've seen teams make dumb decisions based on on i guess the wrong things in the past, but this is such a unique opportunity. Team. And sometimes, sometimes, sometimes it's not even dumb decisions. Like the Pacers thing, they got ripped apart for that when they traded Paul George for Oladipo and Sabonis. And those two guys turned out to be really good. That was, no, that was a true. good haul that they got. And, and so, but sometimes it's just franchises value different things it's, and franchises even... value different players. The Buddy Heel thing, Buddy yeah. Heel, when, when the Kings traded for him, Everyone mocked the Kings because who the hell could value Buddy Heald like that? And True. they did. And he's been very good for them. So It's not even about valuing what the Lakers have. It's not even saying like, oh, that Lakers package sucks. I get it. I totally get it. I mean, even if I think the Celtics package could be better, if they value the uh, Lakers package, the Lakers players more, then that's fine. That's totally fine. My thing 
is why do it now when you can get more information and have teams line up and you could even you, you could even get more out of the deal like my course of action and I'm not a GM I I've said it'd probably be a bad GM but my course of action would be to sell off those other guys acquire as many things as you can get whether it's young players picks or whatever and then you have your own little cache of assets and maybe that means you can start sending things out in part of a three team deal and you could sweeten the pot by saying all right we didn't have these picks before but now we got a couple of picks from the Drew Holiday trade and now we'll use those picks to send out to i don't know Denver let's say and we take the Lakers picks but Denver's getting involved because they wanted something and you now have assets to throw into that i just the rush to do anything now could jeopardize their ability to get a better deal later. And it doesn't even have to be the Celtics that, that are, that's the better deal. They could just get a better deal later. And now that begs the question, what happens to the Celtics if they're not the better deal? So let's take a break and come back with the one question that I keep getting asked. I'm sure you keep getting asked. What is Boston's plan B if Anthony Davis doesn't come together. We're going to take a break. We're going to answer that question as best we can here on the Locked On Celtics podcast. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jay, let's pretend that the worst case scenario for Danny Ainge happens and Anthony Davis, whether it's at the deadline or over the summer, he goes somewhere else. The question then becomes, now what? The Celtics have a lot of assets. There are questions as to what they can do with all of those assets. They've got all of those picks. They've got no room for all of those picks. They've got young guys with talent. They've got, and we've seen over the course of this season that, it's hard to have all of these young, talented guys play the roles that they think they deserve. So there may be some question of consolidating talent within the Celtics and making a separate move. So what do you think that, or maybe not, what do you think the Celtics plan B might be? Well, why the stakes are so high right now is that if you look on the horizon, there's no player of Anthony Davis's caliber or close to it that threatens to be available in the near future. And that's why Davis has always been the target. That's why this plan for the Celtics for however many years, probably since Kevin Durant turned them down has been to go after Anthony Davis. They've seen him on the horizon. They've known that what their team lacks is the the second 
piece of high-end talent. Kyrie Irving's the first. The second really high-end talent that most championship contenders need. And so if we miss out on Davis, then that's tough. And it it could mean having a more patient approach, waiting for the the picks using, you know, the Kings pick in the lottery and the Grizzlies pick whenever that conveys and going more toward a, a patient approach. It could mean trading some of those picks for another star, maybe lowering your, your standards a little bit for that next star and not waiting for that super big fish, but instead trying to make improvements on the roster in other ways. There are other ways to, there are several ways to, to move on from this. Um, but the reason why Davis is so important and why the, the pressure for this has, has seemed so large in Boston is that this team, as deep as it is, doesn't have the make of most championship contenders in that it doesn't have those two all NBA players. Right now, Kyrie Irving's the one. There's no second. And there are a lot of good players, really good players on the Celtics, but they don't have that second really high-end talent. And and it's hard to to find another one. Yeah. And David, like guys like Davis don't become available. But and now that he is, it's it's ironic in some ways that the Celtics have to sit out because they've been waiting for this day and they've been plotting for this day for so long. Yeah, it would be a big hit, and and obviously there's just no guarantee that just because you've planned for this day for so long means that you're going you're going to you know hit that home run. Uh, the question, I guess, then becomes: is, is there another player that's maybe a step below that is worth trading for? And so one guy's name who's come up is Bradley Beal. The Wizards are a team that looks like it's on the on the edge. And do you they obviously the Celtics aren't going to be moving anybody for John Wall. John Wall's probably as untradeable as somebody can get, although you never know. But Bradley Beal, who's gonna make twenty seven million dollars next year, twenty eight and a half the year after, is in today's NBA, considering his skill set, that's that's not a bad contract. Uh, do the Celtics package, uh, throw a package together for him, centered around, you know, one of the guys that they might have traded for Anthony Davis? Do you try to feature, you know, a – do you try to consolidate the talent a little bit that way and upgrade at one of the starting positions and and go for a Bradley Beal? I, I, I don't know. If, if, if Davis is – not on the table, and the Celtics are capped out tax tax team. Then they're gonna have to they're gonna have to get creative. And and I I just I know I promised sort of an answer to the question of what's their plan B, but the, I guess the answer is it's so hard to come up with a plan B because they are and look they're gonna be fine no matter what they'll be fine. But, but their goal has never been fine. Right. Their goal has never been and and look if AD goes to let's say the Lakers. And the Warriors break up. Let's say Kevin Durant goes to New York. There, there wouldn't be any unbeatable teams. Maybe LA if they can get another star, which would 
presumably be the plan. Um, but that team would be in the West and the East would still be open and God knows where Kawhi is going. <laughs> so there are, there are avenues to a wide open NBA next year. And maybe if Anthony Davis isn't on Boston, maybe if he's somewhere else, maybe the NBA is wide open because KD leaves and the Warriors aren't there and there's no other team of their caliber. And a team like Boston with Kyrie Irving as a best player and a lot of other really good players will have a genuine shot. Right now, the Warriors feel like the only team with a genuine shot. And they've been that cloud over the NBA for years. But, you know, maybe as soon as next year, there's not that. And maybe the Celtics would have enough at that point. And maybe Jason Tatum breaks through next year and takes a leap. And maybe there are a number of things that could happen. But it fine has never been what they've been looking for. And so maybe they would go after someone like Bradley Beal, another star of that caliber. Maybe they would chase something we don't even we're not even thinking about. Um, but it would be interesting because obviously they've they've wanted Davis for a long time, and and he would impact their franchise like just about nobody else could. Yeah, I I, I agree. Obviously, I, I just don't. I don't think this could continue with this team. I think I, I do think there's some level of consolidation that needs to happen. I, I feel like the, if I've, there's one lesson that I'm learning from this season, it's that the having too much talent, it can be a real thing if it's a certain kind of talent. And I, I think because they're all young it's it's very difficult for to to ask these guys to ask you know Tatum and Brown and I don't know one of these who knows who else if Robert Williams or somebody but Tatum and Brown especially I don't know if it's if if it's fair to ask those guys to be to to ask them to play these kind of supporting roles when they're 20 21 22 whatever they are and they're 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 ambitious future stars like I just think that at some point that becomes a problem for the Celtics and and I think that at some point they'll have to figure something out with those guys and and create their opportunity for them to be the future stars that we hope that they'd be either here or they'll have to move them one of them to somewhere else to so they can be happier in a role where they get the minutes that they deserve or something like that. So I'm and I'm not saying that it 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 won't work here. I'm saying that I can see the potential for it not working here. And if they can consolidate the talent, uh, I think that would be a move that they they probably should consider. Yeah, I mean we'll see. <laughs> There's a I mean, lot to consider. We'll see, obviously, there's a lot to consider. I mean. The the pressure of the Davis pursuit is is so high, and because he is a guy who can just change everything. Uh, the last time a guy like that was available on the trade market, I can't even remember. Is it Kevin Garnett? But and even it, he's not as good as at that point. That, Kevin Garnett, yeah. I, I, eh, I, he probably was for that year, but he was older. And so th- this is like the perfect combination of factors where 
Davis is still young and Davis is available and this never happens. Like the Kevin loves the James Harden wasn't established at the time. Like all these other guys who get traded they're I don't want to say second tier, but probably second tier stars. It, it's never the top tier guys. And this is the top tier guy. <laughs> so that's, that's why this is, this is all so weighty. <laughs> There's just so much weight to it. Man, man, man. I, I look forward to the drama of the next week, the next months, the next However long it takes for New Orleans to, to find Davis a home. And, the, you know, if, if he does go, if they go through the trade deadline without trading him, then you'd have to think the Celtics have a really good shot at getting him this summer. Or, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll be in that conversation to get him this summer, but they'll, they'll be sweating it out, I'm sure through february 7th 4 p.m or whatever the time time the trade deadline ends these days what's what's crazy is they're something play the lakers that night i know right isn't that nuts? and and lebron is drafting the all-star team right oh my god so oh that god. that's like a wild wild night just drama everywhere that's insane um here's my here's my prediction as far as just how i'm seeing things now and i think you're correct in saying that if it goes past the trade deadline, then the Celtics have a good shot. But the Celtics' only shot is if a deal is agreed to before the draft. If the draft comes and goes and there is zero report of a deal between the Boston Celtics and the New Orleans Pelicans, if we don't go into the draft thinking the Celtics are making these picks for the Pelicans, if there isn't a single rumor, may, and I'll look, maybe – They'll be able to keep it on the down low, but pretty sure that at some point it'll it'll leak. If these guys don't agree to a trade before the draft, then the Celtics are not going to get Anthony Davis because the draft, the Celtics picks, that's kind of the key to the whole thing. The Celtics need to be making picks in this upcoming draft for Anthony Davis. Like to me, that's the real deadline for the Boston Celtics. If it goes into July and there's no there's no deal between the Celtics and the Pelicans, then I, I I start to lose a whole lot of confidence that they could pull it off. That's my take. That's you're you're not going to say anything. I know that you're not going to say anything, and it's not because you're bored. I am not bored. Not. <laughs> I'm very much not bored by Anthony Davis stuff. I am fascinated by all the Anthony Davis stuff and all the number of teams that could line up to get him and will line up to offer for him. And I'm fascinated by the fact that. The Celtics have to sit this out, but still may have the best package for him. And I am so curious to see what the Pelicans do and what they'll value and whether the Lakers can pull this off and whether the Celtics can <laughs> prevail at the trade deadline by having nothing else happen. And it's all crazy. It's all crazy. And I think the the Pelicans, even the Pelicans statement was interesting. Oh, the yeah, statement they released as a team. And I thought it was interesting because, one, they asked the NBA to look into tampering, which was, I take it, probably a shot at the Lakers mm -hmm. and their involvement. And two said, we're going to do this on our own own timeline, which probably had Danny Ainge doing jumping jacks in his office. And so 
that even the statement is interesting. Even the statement you can read into in a number of ways. And if if they do do it on their own timeline, maybe that timeline is February 7th, but maybe that timeline is in several months when they'll be able to know exactly what draft picks they'd be dealing with in offers and when the Celtics can jump into these sweepstakes with all their young players and all their picks and even, you know, maybe maybe Al Horford, maybe Gordon Hayward, maybe whatever else. It's Anthony Davis. You put your chips on the table and you try to make something happen. That's it. That's how you do it. And that's how you do a podcast. We're done with this one. Hope you've enjoyed this podcast enough to subscribe. If you're a new listener, really appreciate the sampling. Uh, it's always fun to have new people checking the show out, responding to us on Twitter, asking for our opinions and all that stuff. It's always great. Really do appreciate that. All you regular listeners, give us that five-star rating. Give us a good review. and Share the podcast. Tell everybody to listen to the Locked On Celtics podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Yeah, Corrales, Packard, and Jay King. Locked on Celtics. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.